get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on, eat on the weekly Second Helpings, and we are up at Willard's and Leader up in Cambridge with Chef Eric Harsey and Grant Johnson, who are both owners and have kind of, you guys are recreating Main Street, basically. Is that it? Yeah. Small town Main Street? We're taking over. <laughs> okay, you've already been here. I have not been here. Yeah. It's so cute. And I Stephanie's going to poke me in the eye when I say this out loud, but it's like the, you've recreated the pioneer woman, but you're the pioneer man Yes. in Cambridge. Pioneer men. You're men. The, yeah, <laughs> men, 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 outdoor men. Because it's like, you know... But also n- way cooler. P.S. Like not yes. podunky. But she crap. bought an old building. She started a restaurant. She has she retail. She was not a classically trained chef also. Let's of be clear. not. This factors in very important. <laughs> but if you're like liking this idea of a holistic approach to having retail, having a community gathering space, bringing back like old storefronts in smaller towns, this is that. 100%. It's amazing. It's just, you know, it's, it's bringing something the community really wanted. And, and growing up here, you, everyone talked about it. And you, you know, grew up here, Chef Eric. And here. Grant, did you grow I up here? I was born here. Yeah. Grew up uh, three years, then moved to Bloomington. But uh, all my family is still What's your last here. name? Johnson. Dude, we know each other in Bloomington. Where d- yes, when did you graduate? 88. Okay, I graduated in 86. And yeah. I was looking at With you my earlier. Brother, Derek Johnson was in your class. Yes. Yes. Okay, so yeah. how weird is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you we guys... Knew. We knew that. Yeah, right. we knew that. How did you guys then meet? So I can... This is a fun story, actually. This is actually. a pretty fun story. Uh, I moved back from San Francisco and took... Uh, I was the second wave at the Hewing Hotel. So Oh, with, that's where I met you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tuli and Chef Bradley Day and yep. I were working there. Uh, took a walk one day, uh, No Kid Hungry event over at the Nicollet Island Pavilion. Uh-huh. And we were going down the line and came across uh, the tastiest bite of the evening, which was a piece of walleye toast that uh, <laughs> Chef Farsi put on. <clears throat> and they said, hey, Chef, where are you from? And he said, uh, small town up north, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> and I said, no, really? He said, Cambridge. Cambridge? I was born in Cambridge. In fact, my uncle still owns the leader. Neil Johnson, he says. I used to work for Neil back in high school. <laughs> That's so funny. I was a tuxologist. <laughs> a tuxologist? You were? Yes. You fitted people yeah. for proms yeah. and weddings? The and... shortest in scenes for two years of prom. Everyone looked like Michael Jackson. Oh, excellent. <laughs> showing, off, showing off the socks. Yeah. Yep. So that was a five-minute conversation. We went back to the Hewing. He went back to Upton. And I didn't hear from him until January 2nd. My uncle called me and said, hey, we've got this chef who wants to buy the building and open a restaurant in the leader. I said, what's his name? He said, Eric Harsey. And I'm like, this is six months after that conversation. So just 
we drove up that day. We sat across the street at the bakery, uh, and since then it's been just a match that's just been perfect. Really good partnership. So what were you, like, had you always wanted to, like, bring the space back or, like, that? Not on the radar at all. Like, just we... The, the building, it's a 27,000 square foot building. The store was kind of winding down, and my uncle was going to close it. And it was literally Eric's insight to do something to restore a town that he loved. Uh, we moved back to, we're in Long Lake in Ornell, and uh, Cambridge was not on the radar. But, but you were there? You were in Long Lake? That's where we still are. are you, so you are? You yeah. drive up here. Drive up, Did yeah. I know that? I don't know. And you used to drive to Upton. I remember hearing about your drive. Okay, can we, I want to talk, can I just ask you like real candid questions? You bet. Okay, because I didn't ask Stephanie in advance, because she's already been here, she's probably already had this conversation with you. So, I have to say, and this is going to start with a compliment, but of all the um, chefs that I have met in the Twin Cities, something about you really did it for me. And more about your personality than anything else. Like, I just really felt like, and probably because my whole family was in recovery, but I just really felt like we connected. I loved that you were trying to mentor others in recovery, that you saw that in the frame of the restaurant business, which was kind of unusual. And it was really meaningful to me to spend time with you when you opened opened Upton. And then um, I liked the food, but the food probably wasn't for everybody. You know, sometimes restaurants just are before their time or after their time or whatever. And then you kind of just disappeared. Were you having, like, a crisis when you left? I don't know if it was a crisis necessarily, but it was um, it was a lack of identity. I wasn't happy with maybe what the story was of Upton. Yep. And I think when you're a chef... You know, you put so much into your food, into your craft, into your staff, and you're trying to build this identity, but sometimes the media will grab something or your marketing group will grab something and they tell a story that maybe sound bites, right? It's the catchy thing. But it's not always you. It's not really what you're about. And I just was, it wasn't filling my soul. It was kind of funny that you say that because when it closed, it felt kind of abrupt for me just as a diner, but... And I was like, wait, like, I felt like that you were so excited about what you were doing. And, you know, I thought maybe financially it wasn't making sense. I didn't know. But I felt like you were doing the kind of food you wanted to do. And then you disappeared. And then there was rumors about other stuff. And I thought... And I thought about you in recovery because I thought, I wonder if you slipped because it's not uncommon that people do. Um, My mom relapsed after like 20 years in recovery, like for two days. And so I'm just, when I heard that you had found this partnership and I heard that you had sort of brought it back to being in the, you know, you had this huge commute, that you brought it back to being with your family and being in your town I almost like got teary-eyed because I just felt so happy for you that you had found your bliss and so that you two and you know how sometimes they say like one door opens and another or one closes and another opens and you really have to kind of be open to it because you don't know where that door could be coming 100% what I you know I I didn't I didn't slip but if I didn't do the move when I did, who knows if I wouldn't have. Yeah, and so it was preventative of just, yep. this is and not I mean, my life. My my 
relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids is more important than anything. And I'm yep. also 100% like, it, it's, I mean, as long as you've known me, I do what I do for me. I don't care yeah. what anyone else thinks or says or does. I don't care what other chefs do. I do it my way. And I've always done that. And I was like, if I'm not in this yeah. all the way, I'm not going to be able to do it right. And so just, it needed to be done. So from the time that you left Upton and pulled back and the time that you guys met and decided to do move forward, how much time was there there? It was 12 months. 12 months. And that was part of the, the kind of the, the blessing of this whole thing is we, yeah, we're great business partners. It's great. But we're really good friends. And we got a lot of time together and got our families together and learned about each other. For 12 years, you know, which is something that you maybe didn't, 12 months. 12 months. didn't have a chance to do in the past with other partnerships. And no, you're kind of, you know, you got someone who loves what your food is, and they'll cut you a check, and oh, then all mm -hmm. of a sudden they want to do it this way, and it's like, bam, that's not how I want to do it. I always thought that was weird about the restaurant business because yep. I had a business and. Like, you pick your partners, right? But yep. when you're in the restaurant business, your partners kind of pick you based on your talent. Yep. And you are creative people. Like, yes, I'm sorry, but so. you're not like the rest of us. Right. No, we're all psychotic. Yeah, yeah a little bit. And almost like painters or builders or whatever your thing is that you're creating. And that's just not open to monetization with a blank slate. Well, I think chefs are very... Um, they're much more emotional people than we let on. You know, you have this demeanor of commanding the ship, but inside you're you're very frail because it is your art, it's your craft. Yeah. And then you're maybe a little naive in trusting people. Yeah. There's a vulnerability there because someone is like, I eat here all the time, I've got tons of money, I love what you and do. And there's ego too. Right. And so then you you know, someone will, will kind of kind of feed your pot a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's do this. I love this. And we're going to have the best thing and it's going to be all my vision. And then in a month, they're like, well, we want to have tuna tataki on wonton skins. And you're like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do that. You know? Yeah. Yes. Right. You, you know, so it's, and there's a lot of learning in that, you know, and it's, I think a lot of chefs go through it. You know, I think when you look at Minneapolis and you see the guys who are kind of making it. Yeah. They've been able to get away from that. Yeah. They found their thing. They found their niche, and they they stand true to what they're about. And they're not doing tuna tataki no. and wonton. And they're not skins. chasing money. When you have to chase money in the industry, you never can catch it. When you do what you love and you can you can sell your passion. You know? So let's talk a little bit about how you, I mean, Cambridge is obviously home to you and it has been home to you with your whole family and, and you guys know the place and you know the people up here. And a lot of people in the Twin Cities think Cambridge is tiny, but you and I, we've talked all about yeah. how there's a really, I was kind of shocked how big it was driving through. There's a yeah. really big community, a hospital community that is around here that kind of came down to the restaurants. Yeah. So that gave you the confidence maybe to then stretch a little bit. But talk about like opening something this modern and this sort of forward thinking, how did you feel like it was going to be received? Were you sure or was it scary? I want to give the listener, like, it literally is on a main street. And it looks like every main street of small town USA, there's the real estate agent, there's the insurance agent, there's the drugstore. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about that. 
but I don't think, I mean, we looked at the, all, all the, the analytics, we yeah. looked at all the numbers, and I don't know that any restaurateur in the world says they even know what that means. Right. You just do it in a meeting at the bank so you sound <laughs> So you sound, you've like, got things to say. Of course there's this demographic. Oh, we knew that. The driving of, yeah. You know, if you go into something like this, we spent time talking and we, we realized, first off, we share the same vision of like the brokenness of the industry. Yeah. The insane amount of hours, the time you're never home. We have to be open seven days a week, three meals a day, and we start off by saying, what do we want to do? If we're going to do this for the rest of our life, we're going to put a ton of money into something. We can't get caught in yeah. how we've been before. And so we just sort of set those as the parameters. And, and I think the reality was behind it, we already knew we knew how to cook. We already knew we knew how to do hospitality. Right. So then it's just saying, all right, we got to crush everyone around us. We want to stay relevant to the city still. We want to stay relevant to that scene. So let's make a beautiful space. And when you get something that's like a 100-year-old building, all you do is peel it back. That's yeah. all we've done in this thing. We just peeled layers off and layers off until we found, like, oh, look at this brick wall. Let's keep it. This is amazing. Maybe some really great designer and a magazine's like, no one does brick anymore. Like, maybe not, but here it made perfect sense in the space. Right. You know, and right. so once we peeled it back, we just, we knew we wanted something very clean, very simple. Mm-hmm. And we knew the food and the service were going to be fine. Right. You know, you build it, they'll come kind of thing. Yeah. So, Who's the, Grant, you've got the background in the retail side, or your family does. Did you have any connection to that, or? We did. Um, you know, we really compared hospitality, both across retail and restaurant. We feel like the experience of shopping is, is a dying art. Um, so we're fully staffing the retail, and the experience of trying on a great great shirt or a great jacket, yep. what that feels like instead of having someone deliver it to your house in a cardboard box. Yeah. So we're really taking taking that kind of experience of shopping and then with, with the way the store kind of moves through the restaurant we're doing a fashion show here next uh, Saturday nice champagne brunch and fashion of downtown leader um, <laughs> but uh, so no it's gonna it's, it's it, and to your point too it, it's never been scary Okay. There's the amount of, of people that are in this radius of 30 miles of the restaurant. Uh, the, the coolest compliment, and I've been on restaurant floors for 30 years, is, and it happens every hour, is thank you for doing this. Yes. Thank you for doing. Thank you for bringing this to Cambridge, for bringing it to this region. Uh, just before I stopped over, this group back here was from North Amora. They go 30 miles down just to, to experience it, and they said it's the best food they've had this year. Well, and I think there's something about the fact of you guys have, I mean, it's it's definitely, as much as like the city person might go, that's risky, it's actually safer. Yeah. This is your community, and they know you, and maybe they don't like something, but that doesn't mean they're going to like snub you and give you like a zero stars on Yelp. Right. It's their community. Yeah. And so in a weird way, you have a little bit of a safety net to take some, some you know, risk that maybe somebody else who was coming in who didn't know. And they're proud. Do. They live here. Yeah. So if someone comes up from the city, they're proud to show them yeah. that we have this here. And you're not in a as much of a competitive environment. Right. So people can come literally from within an hour all sides because there's not a lot of these types of restaurants up here. So that's fun, too. Well, and even with Up Dinner Victory 44... When I really started to recognize how many Cambridge people or locals from around here were commuting to the cities to eat, yeah. it was like, 
just crazy. I didn't have no clue yeah. how many people are coming here on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. You know, so now their their point is, we can come in, we can have a few cocktails without worrying about a 45 minute hour drive back from the cities. Right. We yes. can actually enjoy ourselves. We right. can find a babysitter. We don't. Right. There's a lot more ease to just going down the road. That's true. And shopping. And shopping. Excited about the shopping. And shopping. I just walked through the store on the way in, and it's kind of like. Um, I hope this isn't insulting, but it's kind of like a patina with more clothing and more of like an outdoor. So there's gifts and things for the house and um, we call patina pagina. So there's sort of that like... Because it's a lot of ladies. Yeah, and like... You know, yeah. What do you guys have planned for the store? Because there's some fun stuff that you and I had talked about. Yeah. So, you know, we're working for a lot. I mean, I think the thing we're both learning in just the model of retail, very different than like a restaurant. If we want short ribs tomorrow, we can get short ribs tomorrow. Yeah. If we want a whole bunch of Sim shirts, we have to wait a year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? That's new, right? Yeah. So, you know, we're at buyer shows and we're looking and we're like buying winter jackets for the next winter. And so... It's really that you've got to feel that out. But I think what what we are trying to do differently in the store is, do we love it? Are we are we excited about this? Is it something we think our staff's going to want to sell? Does yeah. it? Is there a buyer for it? Yep. Not so much. Well, we have to have this shelf filled this way, and we have to have this. Yeah. And that's different. You come with a guest service yes. aspect. You know, and, and it's a lot of that. It's a very different training model than a lot of retail because it's very much more front of the house style yeah. training of. Look at the customer when they come in. We're not judging anyone, right? But if a larger dude walks in the door, don't bring him to the skinny jeans. Yes, hello, please. You know, it's, not, it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> He's not going to feel comfortable. So it's that. Give them a warm greeting. Yes. What are they looking for? And really try to help them in, in a way that. Uh, bacon. Oh, hey. Huh? What the hell's bacon. that? So this is on the new menu. It's a. Uh, Cheese fondue, dehydrated jalapenos, and then like a plum jam, but it's it's almost in the style of a hoisin sauce. So it's really umami forward and scoop the cheese on the bread. And can we talk about these dishes too? Are you thrifting? You can find them at any local garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> Between a this is a and this a is a new thing, and I'm yeah. so glad because you see. The funny thing is, it's not a new thing. Can we just agree that, like, in the small towns of America, this has been going on forever? And it's just that when some hipsters decide. Yeah. This is the American Homes Dinnerware Plate made in the USA. It has 22 karat gold on the outside. We paid $2. I know, but it's like some. That was a pretty expensive find. Grandma's China. I love it. Um, So, food wise, how would you describe the food here? Well, I mean, I guess for, if I was going to make a, a comparison of what I've done, it, it is a kind of a really good hybrid of victory and update. Yeah. It's right in the middle of that. It's thoughtful, it's detailed, but it's relatable. There's nothing on the menu that, especially coming into the new community, and we've already shocked them maybe in the ambiance. Yeah. We didn't want to shock them with the food, so right. we're not going to do octopus and foie gras. Right. So we've got pork chops, we've got fried chicken, 
But as it comes to them and they're, they're looking, this is insane, this is beautiful. I've never seen a, a beet salad like this before. But it's flavors they're recognizing, it's textures they're used to. Yeah. What was that dumpling dish you did over Christmas? The popcorn? Uh, yeah. So that was a thing that was so striking to me because the, our server, when I was up here earlier, she, this was something from her past. Like yep. she had said, this is a thing that my family made so many Christmases and everything else. And she's like, but I've never had it like this. And it was just, it blew her away. And that's why she recommended it to me. And I was like, that is completely the only thing I want from my, like, my Minnesota restaurants and the staff. Yeah. I want it, I want it to be, like, something from your insides and then, but also surprised. Yeah. 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 You know, Brad and I, when we talk a lot about the food, it's... You know, in, in the serious talks with the cooks, right? It's lowbrow, highbrow. How do we take elements of what people yeah. know, but really make sure it's beautiful? But I like to say we're a, we're a little classy, but a lot of trashy, right? You know? Yes. <laughs> we were laughing the other day about a, we're working on a new rib dish, and he comes over to me and he's like, "Why don't we make a Cheetos sauce?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why don't? Yeah, we? why don't we?" <laughs> so he starts, you know, because nobody up. wants the Cheeto sauce. They don't want the Cheeto powder, the no, Cheeto orange powder on your fingers. Right. But you do want that taste. Right. So he's like. He's like making this super fancy Michelin star cheese fondue, and then he grabs a handful of Cheetos and throws them in there, you know? Do you need a PPC for your AC ASAP? Say that five times fast. That's a peak performance check for your air conditioner to make sure it's handling this summer heat. At Aquarius Home Services, we know your AC has been working really hard. It's been a hot summer with more hot days yet to come. For only $29, get a peak performance check and get the most from your AC this summer. Stay cool and worry-free with a $29 PPC on your AC. We're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Okay, so Bradley Day has just walked up, so we're going to have an introduction. Mr. Bradley Day, say hey. G'day. G'day. Hi. With your damn sexy voice. We heard that uh, Eric's grandma is kind of partial to you. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, fortunately for me, unfortunately for Eric, I guess. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about, like, what did you expect coming to small town, you know, Minnesota, and, like, yeah, scoot your boots over. What did you expect as far as, like, opening and being a chef at a restaurant here? And has it been what you thought? Uh, it's actually been a, a huge what could I say it's been a totally different atmosphere than what it is downtown yeah um, the staff and everyone here has bought into it so much it's like um, you know made my job a lot easier yeah you know the growth of the team and, and everything's just been amazing so far is it weird to say that you all look reasonably rested like are like, you we're not used to seeing chefs who don't have like super big bags underneath their yeah. eyes and stuff and I'm sure you're really working hard I'm not acting like you're working a 40 hour week but you might not be working an 80 hour week yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like 40 rest. hours. That's yeah. sweet, but yeah. no. <laughs> no, it is. It's about yeah. 40 hours. That's so amazing. that's great. and we're covering. You know, we get time away. We're all at our kids' events. You know, and and, and that was part of our intention. Right? We're closed two days a week. You know, everyone's off Sunday, Monday. So we work five days, that's same amazing. staff, same shifts, and it and it everyone gets really tight. It's a yeah. really tight crew. So is it? Is, are your service staff? Are they like full time? So they're like everybody here is full time. Yeah. yeah. That is a gift as well, by the way, because yeah. in the cities when you have everybody split between like, well, I got to work a bar gig here and I got to work here, trying to make something meet, and this is like these guys are here and there's an ownership piece to that, I think. Well, and I, I honestly think it attests to some of the success and even the, the quality of what we do. 
the same cooks are cooking next to each other five nights a week. Yeah. So we're not retraining a staff every new dish. The, the, the consistency of the product we're able to put out and the consistency of the service because they're working. It's not my Tuesday crew and my Thursday crew. Yeah. And you have to readjust to, the, to, to your peers. It's the same people. Okay, I'm going to ask a question of each of you and uh, you have to answer. You have to ask Grant first. <laughs> Grant is first. Grant sets the tone. Okay, so we've been talking about this, and it all sounds like Nirvana, and you just put down this beautiful plate of food. What have you not expected, or has not been like, awesome? Grant, you're first. Uh, the winner. Uh, the winner sucks. Driving, yeah, because you're coming from Orono, so that's an hour. Yeah, Chef Bradley's coming from Eden Prairie, so we're. Uh, oh, hello. <laughs> you know, I think I think in general, uh, the industry, whether it's retail or restaurant across the state, the winter was was a challenge. Okay. So we didn't expect a Tuesday, Wednesday. Hey, we're going to close because it's 40 below. Yep. Um, but we also know that we were in the honeymoon period, and a lot of the a lot of the business kept going. Um, so I guess I didn't expect that those that did come out were, were super supportive. Okay. And, uh, we're upset that we were closed a couple of days. Not awesome winter, but hearty. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you, chef? That'd be you. No, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the chef now? Oh. Well, you're <laughs> wearing your chef coat. Um, you brought us food. <laughs> I think everything, like, you know, I think the biggest part for me is being... You know, the most unexpected part is how one everyone's got along. Really, it's you know, you say that what's not so awesome. I don't think anything hasn't been. I think we've all stayed positive. I think we've all gone through, you know, our normal opening procedures of being like, oh, what's yep. next? What's the next day? And everyone's kind of gathered, you know, our format. Okay, that's the Pollyanna answer. So then, what's the <laughs> not so awesome answer? I'm not that guy that throws anything else out there. It's always <laughs> awesome in my world. I love that okay so eric you'll give me the real dope like is there something where you're just like oh i didn't expect or maybe, that or yeah or maybe like things that you've learned that you're gonna have to change next time around i think you might have figured out i'm the yin to the yang over here yeah, yeah. You know. everybody needs a yang yes. i was in a business with my okay. husband and i assumed our business partner was the yang and they were had worked together for five years before I got involved. And I remember my very first meeting where I was like, oh, my God, you're a ying. You're both yings. Yeah. I'm going to have to be the yang. That's not yang. good for marriage. <laughs> and it actually wasn't. We worked through it, and we sold the business. But, yeah, you need the yings and the yangs. you got to balance. I, I would say, you know, truthfully today, I'm probably feeling a lot more like Brad is. I think initially, though, and this is in no disrespect to our staff, right? But none of them have cooked or served at the level yeah, we this have is, been at. Yeah. And so training in, in, in the initial trainings was really scary. Like, oh, my God. You had to train a lot more than right. you might have thought. I mean, like one of our first wine tastings, it was like, oh, my God. Right. This is crazy. This is crazy. And then we get the cooks in the kitchen, and it was like, okay, so they've never done any of this. Yeah. But... I'd say the the other side of that is they are so excited to learn and to have something here. Yeah. They've grabbed onto it in a way that I was just, I've been blown away by. It. Yeah. I mean, they're phenomenal. I'll put these cooks up, these servers up against anyone's staff. Right. And I think the other thing was the, uh, 
the volume. Yeah. Yeah, because you've been busy. It's been insanely busy. Grant was saying that on Saturdays it's 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. and then so, you're like you know, when completely... You're, when, you're, when you're grabbing, you're, you're trying to do this beautiful craft and it's just like person after person after person. You have to really quickly adjust to keep your quality right Yeah. and get people... You know, we, we fill up at 4.30. People at dinner at 4.30. I know, I know. Bye, Pat Ebnet from Wild Acres. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what this cheesy, plummy, rustic, bready, bacony situation is the bombastic. <laughs> like, and do you know? Do you have you ever eaten at Pajarito? Uh-uh. They have the world's best queso, and this is like right there. Okay. Yum. I think it's. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Do you like it better? Yeah, I do. I do like it better. And you know how I feel about cheese. Yum. Yeah. So, okay, so working towards, because this is the thing, because I mean, I know you're, the, some of the food you've created in your life has been this spectacular, the ornate or like, you know, sort of finite things and these beautiful things. And it's not, and the thing I would love to get across to people, and I know that you feel the same way, is that it doesn't, because it's a homey food and because it speaks to something from your past, it doesn't mean that it's any less. You know, driven. yes, technique right. driven, and so that's one of the things I think that you're bringing to this area that is sort of different, and the way that you guys like approach it in terms of that it can be fine. Because I think a lot of people think Minnesota food and they go, oh, I'll just make yeah. a hot dish, like right. we were saying. Casserole. Yeah, come on, casserole. Please. Well, you know, like Brad and I, when we really started having good food talks, I think you know Brad's been in some of the best kitchens in the world. Mm-hmm. You know. And one of the things you realize, it's like this notion of precious food gets to be so absurd sometimes. You know, it's put in front of you and it's like, oh my gosh, let's Instagram it. And then you eat it and you're like, what the heck? Yeah. You know, and there's a there's a there's an element of beauty that has to happen in a plate of food. I don't care if it's at your mom's place and it's mashed potatoes, but you want to see the steam and the pool of butter in front of it, right? Yeah. And that's beautiful food, but it's still going to be delicious. And we just decided, like, we know we can cook that stuff. We know we can cook at any of that level, but it's more exciting when people are literally, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is so good. Like, right. that's more thrilling than 10,000 Instagram followers because we did uh, onion bouillon with a ham consomme. Right, And, like, yeah, like in an ice cream cone. I mean, people leave really satisfied here. You know, we'll get a guy that comes in in, like, sweatpants and camo boots and he'll look at our steak and be like, where's the rest of it? You know? And yeah. then he's like, halfway through his meal, and he's like, I'm stuffed. That was the best thing I've ever eaten yes. in my life. Yes, I'm coming back. Yep. Yeah. You have you to know? win, and you have to be able to, you have to be able to change minds. Flavor is all that matters. It's all food. that matters in the end. That's a really, I don't mean to sound like, but in our relationship with, um, I'm like the eater, right? So... And not that you don't love, like, a good dirty burger and a taco and a corn dog and state fair food and all the stuff. And pizza. Yeah. But, like, my husband is the guy that, he's allergic to wine, right? So, he's fancy restaurants, French, like, he has a whole list of restaurants that he doesn't want to go to. If I, if I can go to a place with him and we can have food that he can eat and food that I can eat, which in a lot of cases is kind of pubby, gastro-pubby type food. Yeah. yeah. It's like the best night, and he always wants to go to the same places because he knows he can get good, consistent food. Um, the chefier type foams and gastriques and all that stuff, it has its place, and I really appreciate the work. 
but I don't want to eat like that every day. Sometimes I just want to go and have a beer and eat with my husband and my friends. And are you cooking, but I think are you most people are. Critics? Or are you yeah. cooking for customers? Well, I mean, even the critics, it's like... You no, eat like normal yeah, people Yeah, I mean, hello, we, nobody eats like that. And, and every day. We had a moment, we were doing, you know, we started doing the chef's tasters, which is for this, it's been like this, the craziest thing here, right? Because it's, in the cities, everyone's like, oh, the chef's counter, the table. Chef tasting, here, everybody like, wants to do that. You yeah. mean we get all this food, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, so it's like get, a value Can we get another round, what? you know? Yeah. Do you do it in the kitchen? Or we do sit you do right it? at the counter, you know? Yeah. And so we just serve them right from the line. Tell we, me what that is so that if people want to do it, yeah. just so that we know. Well, we just... Literally, like half an hour before they sit down, if we just thrown out like 20 dishes. Yeah, we just. <laughs> do, they buy it? do you really? Or yeah. is it? You can something... go on the website. Okay. And you, you buy the, the a counter seat, 75 bucks for seven courses. Dude, 75 for does seven. Does it include yeah. pairings, or is that an extra you get upcharge? Pairings is 25 bucks extra for one. So okay. For 100 bucks, you get seven courses. And the website is Willards.com. Willards.mn.com. Mn.com. Yeah. Okay. Because I know people are gonna do this now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just come in. And he and I literally were like an hour before, half hour he before. He being Ben. Being Brad. 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 Just, Sorry, did I just call you Ben? I've been doing that all day. He's, like he's another just. He's another chef. book. He's yeah. pretty good though. He's, yeah. got, a, he's got a good restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just, like, I do love you. We just cook off the cup. It's like, what do you want to do? What do we got? And all of a sudden, I'll start floating, he starts floating, and then all of a sudden our, our dishes sort of cross over, and next thing you know, we've literally both put elements to a dish. Dude. You know, the, the customer's my... like, when did you design this? We're like, 20 minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> right when you got know? city, when you walked in yeah. the door. I think one of my best chef's dinners like that was with you. Yeah, no, yeah. one of our best nights was that. And it was, night. I mean, it was the night where I sat and we talked and I got to know you and... I've been to a lot of chef's dinners, and maybe because I don't sit and talk to the chef, it's not as awesome, but I just left there like, wow, that was that was really a special night. That was something neat. Yeah. But it's, you know, they're watching us cook. Brad, know, do you have, they, like, are you neat? Do you say cool stuff? He gets people just cracking up. Are you kidding me? It's hilarious. I'm the humorous one out of the two. <laughs> He was serving them Vegemite. I served Vegemite on toast the other night. No, Get out! Did you? Nobody really? in America even knows what that yeah. is. Well, you know, it is what it is. It, it is, is what disgusting, it is. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Do you, for real, like eat that every day? I got a tube here if you want some. Yeah. yeah. But do you, you eat it? I'm okay. Like, I try to. Yeah, like a lot well, of think people. Of things that you eat might be disgusting to somebody across the pond. And I'm not even saying it's disgusting, but I find it fascinating that you moved to America or you're in America. Like in Australia, people eat Vegemite every day. Yeah. But you don't have to eat that here, and yet you still do. Of course. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, stuff that you grew up with, might somebody else might find completely weird. But it's like you eating purple Kool-Aid every day. (laughs) And you still like it. Everyone here eats pizza all the time. But don't you see? That's what I'm saying. Pizza's weird, too. Fish and chips or something? Yeah, okay. We can eat that every day. But pizza seems weird, too. Pizza's not a thing where I'm from. Do you not like it, either? No, I like it a lot. Nobody doesn't like pizza. Okay, but that's the thing. That's my primary thing. Unless it has thing. a cauliflower Nobody crust Nobody likes Vegemite. Hello, that's not pizza. I like it. It's garbage. That's fake. For real. For real. Okay. Yeah. Do you like Vegemite? 
I do actually with uh, avocado and eggs. I don't. Okay. I don't mind Vegemite either. Uh, Greg, Grant, Grant. Why am I calling? I don't. Him? I don't know. Everybody, this is my friend Stacy, by the way. <laughs> just to be clear, I'll be Stephanie. She'll be Stacy. I can't wait till I get a new name. Yeah, you get to. Oh, yeah, what are you gonna get? I want to be Kevin. <laughs> that's my middle name. So that works. Yeah. That's your real name. My middle name. Kevin. Oh, your middle name. So that works. BK, you're BK. BKD. BKD. BK. I'm totally gonna wear my pants. <laughs> Kevin is good. I'm going to call yeah. you Kevin. Kevin from Clerks. Yep. 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 Oh, my God. Oh, thank you for covering for me, Steph. Yep, anytime. This is how it this takes goes. takes village. It does. I get to the heart of the matter, though. I know. We had this, this couple in on a tasting, <laughs> and we were just, he and I were squirrely just goofing off all night. One of the cooks brought these spicy bugles in. <laughs> oh, I do like a spicy oh, bugle. <laughs> and I was just in my head, I'm like... I was thinking about that Thomas Keller right. coronet. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot this whole thing. So I piped it with cream, smoked cream cheese, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. put tobacco on these little bugles and laid them on the plate. Yeah. I put it in front of them, and they're like, "What is this?" I'm like, "The fanciest thing you'll ever eat in your life." Yeah, <laughs> got it. Did they like it? Oh, they loved it. He is that the one you put the shot up up, and yeah. I was like, "This is like you have to stop right now because I can't get there in one hour." Yeah. And to I was eat like, a fancy bugle. Bugles and easy cheese. I mean, I like this the is the essence. The Those are the best thing in the world. Yeah. That's we talked today. I'm about... gonna bring you some Japanese bugles next time. Those corny ones. Have you seen those? No. Oh, you guys. I'm gonna order you Apparently some. I haven't lived. Listen, they're so much better than regular bugles. How Stephanie needs to go to Asia or I Japan or China. She's misplaced here. Yeah. For the last four months, all she's eaten is Asian dishes. I've just been kind of green tea Kit Kats. Yes. Oh, yeah. like I actually ordered the wasabi Kit Kats and they sent me the green tea ones and I was like, eh, and I just ate them anyway. Yeah. And you've eaten every kind. A Kit Kat known to man. No, there's some that I haven't, but I've eaten a lot of them because More I ordered them off the internet. I like candy. I know. Oh, yeah. Do you like candy? Do you? I love it. We love candy. Yeah. yeah. We eat a lot. <laughs> Brad likes candy too. What's your yes. favorite candy? Uh, mine right now, the favorite one I like comes from Australia. My mom sends it to me. So they're this, like Allen's snakes. Allen snakes. Yeah, they're like long snakes. There's about 20 in the bag. My kids normally get 10 of them, and I try to get the rest. But you know, are they like gummy? Like, they're gummy, but they're like different gummies. What you get here, they never go hard. They're really soft. Oh, nice. And the flavoring actually tastes like real flavor, rather than like, oh yeah, that tastes like another gummy. Yeah, fake artificial. Yeah. Yep. So right. They're really good, but they're about. We're gonna have to get some of those. That sounds like a dish in the making. Eric, what's your favorite candy? What you call it? What you call it is a pretty great candy. Yeah, perfectly balanced. I know. Yeah. It really is. Grant? My kids would bag me up. I don't love candy. Yeah. I just don't. Some people are like savory or sweet. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't it also it. defines a true psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's clinical. Yep. It's in a clinical list. It's on there. Like, yeah. I don't eat candy. Great psychopath. Great psychopath. <laughs> oh, what's wrong Doesn't with you? Doesn't eat candy. Oh, God. What so do you, if you're going to like snack, do you like nuts or cheese or are you I savory? I love a good peanut, cheese, yeah. Uh, savory. It had to be sweet. I can definitely do ice cream. Uh, so you don't even like like dessert. Yeah. All right. So you're not crazy. You're not crazy. He okay. fell down two notches on the list. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. I know. Uh, if it had to be a candy bar, it would be a baby room. Okay, and all I could think of is Caddyshack and it floating in the pool. <laughs> okay, we're not going there. Anyway, we're... Isn't Babe Ruth actually, like, a, isn't that basically a granola bar? It is. It, it's like nuts. I mean, basically. No, it's like it's nuts. nuts. It's nuts, really candy. caramel, it's candy. chocolate. It's in between. It's, yeah. Okay, I'm going to move away from candy, but I want to know what you guys, as far as, like, in one year from now, 
what do you think, you know, because you have plans. You have, This is not just it. Right. There's other things coming. Do you want to talk about that? Or, I mean, like, the potentials of, like, what are the future? What's the future like here? Well, 27,000 square feet yeah. is the building. So we are we are exploring what to do with the building. Okay. Uh, big goal of ours, just for the community, is to to be the catalyst to downtown Cambridge. You know, we want other folks to come up and... and, and like an incubator. Exactly. Uh, right now, as we speak, there's a 50th anniversary, wedding anniversary going on in our basement, our foundation room. We've just launched our event business. And, oh, good! Uh, uh, there's a family, uh, part of the family drove up from Chaska today, the other from Stillwater. They're from here. And uh, so that's kind of on the horizon for the summer, going into the fall and holiday season, to, to explore the event side of uh, the business. Um, what else? Well, we've got the ice cream parlor yeah. coming, so we're going to have all of our own house-made ice creams and really launch, truly launch the parlor side of the restaurant. So, yeah. coffees, we're using bootstrap coffee from St. Paul. Sure. You know, we get, I don't know, we've had so many crazy ideas. Our, our banker sent us these photos of a uh, Throwing axes and sawing, sawing logs, and I'm yeah. like, that would work. That would work. <laughs> we can do that. Beer, throwing axes, yeah, sounds yeah, hilarious. What can go wrong? Yeah. A brewery, a brew pub, something. Yeah. We're open to anything, you know, and it's yeah. just, it, you know, I think what we're learning is it, our ideas are evolving because we're really seeing what the community wants yeah. and what, what's needed yeah. here. And it's just, you take time to talk with people, and I think we're just going to really round out some of the holes of what people want to do. I have to say, um, my Bloody Mary was fantastic. Did you make your own pickled vegetables? Yes. Brad's like, yes, I did. Goddamn straight. Um, It was perhaps one of the best Bloody Marys I've ever had. I had a really good Greyhoundy gin drink, but the Bloody Mary was next level. Just the pickly, but not too sour. Yeah. It was really well balanced. Maybe the aquavit is. Aquavit rounds it out too. Who did, who did, what liquor, which aquavit did you make it? Uh, what are we using? Vikra in that? Yeah. Yeah, which is from Duluth, which is also an up north. Okay, so folk. if you are, if you guys want to want people in the city to know one thing about Willard's leader, what do you want them to know? And then we're going to let you get back to work. Yes. I'd say if you're coming up, you make a day of it. Uh, stores is worth just, it's, it's got a museum quality of it. You kind of understand where you are. Um, proud of my family history. My great-grandfather opened a store. Uh, and it, it speaks to, I think, what can happen in small-town America. Yeah. Um, uh, but then come hungry. Come, come hungry. for brunch and lunch and stay for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are there lo- is there lodging in the area? Well, that's something that's on the on the plans and possibly upstairs. Yeah, oh, right, I would right, love right. that. Like in Detroit, a little Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, there's like a five roomer, and I know Brasa or excuse me, Restaurant Alma has been pretty successful with that type of concept. Yep. I would like to have a night or a weekend a getaway. Yep. I like that idea. Yep. That's good. All right, gents, thank you so much for letting us yeah. hang out and giving you us bet. your time today. You thank bet. you. We're gonna eat more now. <laughs> That was so good. That was good, you guys. And it wasn't like when you were like plum. It's like, mm, it's gonna be sweet. I don't know. It's more like Worcestershire. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's-
This is a summer to stay connected locally. From the pandemic to protests to the upcoming election, there is so much information to take in. And on PodMN, you can access hundreds of Minnesota-made podcasts on one app. Current events, health information, political talk. Plus, you'll find podcasts about sports, true crime, and more. PodMN also comes with listener rewards. In July, you can win gift cards to local restaurants, shops, and more just for listening. Download PodMN on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. Minnesota Podcasts live here.